0: The Six Pointer Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, a very special edition, live and direct from Cork in Ireland. Uh, I'm Matthew, I'm here with my brother Luke. Um, you've got a pint of Murphy's Stout, which looks absolutely fantastic. I've got a Guinness. How are you doing? Good, mate. This
0: is this is nice. We brought the uh, the sun with us to Cork. It's uh, what is it? We're sitting here, 22 degrees in the sun. Uh, shorts and t-shirts. Few beers going. Um, what more can you want, mate? This is this is very nice. I've got a nice dinner plan later. You know, going out for a nice date night. So yeah, looking forward to that.
1: <laughs> Good times all around. Yeah, and we're here on the pod. So uh, it can't get any better than that, can it? Um, I'm going to get it in nice and early at Six Point Podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm getting that in early because I always forget, but also because this pod is ded- dedicated to everyone who's messaged us over the last, is it a couple of months now, probably, since we in, in Denmark? Um, everyone who's messaged us with requests, with uh, kind comments. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, just being very nice about the um, the
0: cult pod. I don't, what, what, do you, what do we call it, know. It was the it. cult 11 pod that we did out in Espia when we were just sitting there on a cup of coffee and just chatting away. And that was, uh, yeah, I had a good reception to that. Palace fans and Espia fans, Danish fans, both enjoyed that one. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for everyone getting in touch and uh, sending your feedback in. Um, and also those that sent in their, their suggestions and amendments as well, because uh, that was interesting to sort of compare our lists. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that one. Well, we, we missed a few players off, that's for sure, by, uh, by the feedback
1: we got. But also, people, so, well, a lot of people agreed, actually, didn't they, with, with some of the players we had? I think there were, um, well, some, some notable shouts from people like Mark Kennedy. He came up a couple of times. Uh, we're talking couple, early today, we talking about him earlier today, are not uh, we? Yeah, he came up a couple of times. Um, what was the other one that came up? There's another There's another player. That, oh, Sasa Churches, we didn't talk about. Yeah, yeah. He came up a couple of times as well. Saggy Burton. Saggy Burton. <laughs> hey, <you're>, Robert Quinn. <laughs> Tony Scully. So, the big ones. so look, big big thanks to everyone who's who's reached out um on the back of that. So because of because of you and we've got we got a few names to mention actually. So big thanks to Tom McDonald Matt Shepherd, uh who else brother lost my list now. Um,
0: was it Barry Bagura? He got Bergurfin, in touch. Uh, yeah. Chris Jones, John Eamons John Eamons Yeah, well, I mean, like, all the crew. It's uh, totally nice to yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I've it's lost a, my list at the yeah, wrong time. Well, I need to get up the Twitter list of DMs and the Instagram messages because yeah, we've had just, those are comments. And I always do say, brother, that, you know, we tend to do this pod sort of off the cuff, and we tend to sort of like look at the messages either before or afterwards, and um, we do appreciate everyone getting in touch because they do sort of subconsciously shape what we talk about. Um, but we should shout you out more so. Please do keep listening, and please do keep in touch. And we will do our best to to name drop a few people. And as you said, they have shaped today's pod because whilst we're sitting in the
1: wonders of cult, we thought we'd uh, follow up on uh, the requests and suggestions we got, and do another sort of uh, I don't know trip down memory lane, if you like, I suppose. So we're gonna, we're going to talk this afternoon, and this will probably go on for a few days for us. But for you listeners, don't worry, it's not going go for a few days um we could talk a little bit about um
0: some of palace's more recent history i guess well, i think i think the request we got was premier league history since sort of like what was it 92 93 uh, 94 95 and then obviously 97 98 and oh four, oh five, and then obviously the last sort of 10 years since we got promoted the premier league 11 of the worst Palace players that have played for Palace in the Premier League, so obviously <laughs> quite objective, isn't it? So yeah, it, it, that, that's that's one of the requests we had. That could be quite good fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many of the cult eleven align with that as well. Um, not too many, I, I wouldn't imagine, but um, they would have had to have played for Palace in the Premier League, which is the the uh, the, the, the big clincher there. So being play be it by by being played or playing, they have to have one appearance, right? They have, to have minutes on their belt, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. This is going to be very interesting. Very, interesting. I mean, we've look, we've had some very, very mixed experience in the team over those years. We've had some big buys as well. Lots of money being thrown around. Even if you think back to the nineties in the Premier League seasons, haven't you? Yeah. You've always had a lot of youth team players as well who've come through. I think about sort of particularly late nineties, actually, actually, even the early nineties. You know, some of the Palace youth team in the sort of first Palace season in the Premier League came through. And then the late nineties with the administrations and the like and actually also more more recently as well, so um, goodness, this is gonna be hard to whittle, whittle down. So I think we said we'd do, we do that, and then within that sort of 11, we'd also cover uh, what we thought sort of the best or notable panic buyers were. Yeah. Um, we had a shout for best value for money player, although I'm gonna say now it can't be Joel Ward, because that would be my immediate thought for somebody yeah. playing the penny player. So testimonial season as well, so big up Joel Ward. Well, well deserved. Um, Someone said most random player. D- d- define random. Random. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, so I think you know we can. That'd be interesting. Think about someone who maybe came to Palace and wasn't expected. Maybe that. We set ourselves up for a full here, but you just reading off all the things we can't. We can't think of bloody hell. I'm going to have to put some research in it. Well, the last two biggest flop. Okay. That's that's a fun one. To do. Yeah, and we can give ourselves a few, a few
1: there. Uh, and um, the last suggestion uh, was one you were most excited by a sign-in. What by the name that didn't turn out, or just excited by the saying? Just, just excited. Okay. So let's, we can define that as we wish. Okay. So look, some interesting topics to cover there. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot, right? Because oh, we haven't prepared for this at all, and I think we we'll have to prepare for part two. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about panic buy. Can't be acting buy. Well,
0: that's not Premier League anyway. It doesn't oh, count. Okay, fair enough. Right. Like, we're about Premier League panic. panic Premier buyers. League panic
1: buy. Who was a panic buyer for Palace? That either that either did well or flopped.
0: I've got a couple of good ones here. So I'm, I'm, I don't I don't know that Palace have panicked by much in the Premier League. I think maybe what springs to mind is the oh four or five season where we you know brought in a lot of players in in a short period of time. And obviously when we got promoted again in, in twenty thirteen, panic by well, I've I've got a couple. Go on, you you go think about it. You, you go ahead. But these these felt
1: like ones that we tried to get. Out of the room. So Shamak, was that a panic? I don't know. But he felt like one we bought in. I'm well, probably wrong here, but I, I felt like he was one we brought in quite late in the window, and and I felt like we bought him larger because of name. But actually, when we signed him and then he bedded into team, he was such a valuable player and a hold up play that that guy had in his locker was pretty 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 special. Um, in the, in that Premier League season when. Um, uh, Holloway was in charge that first season think about people like Sonogo
0: well, that wasn't the first season was that was a that loan under Pardue, I think um, Sonogo was uh, he felt like someone we brought in like, as, a, as a quick fix to give
1: us a striking position when we didn't really have uh, anyone with sort of any level of experience what,
0: at that point one that springs to mind it may be a bit harsh because I actually quite well, enjoy his time at Palace I think uh, he, he's, he's notable for me for that, that assist that in Reading way was uh, Emmanuel yeah. Adebayar I think That's he he was the only signing we made in that January window, um, and yeah, I think the most notable thing he did was obviously setting up Fraser Campbell for that for that goal getting away in the, the quarter final of the FA Cup. But I, I can't hate him for that. I mean, I, I know Palace fans have got a lot of hate. I think obviously he was on a lot of money and you know didn't really do much. I think he scored a goal at home to Watford as well um, that, that I have a vague recollection of. But I, yeah, I, I actually because because of that that moment and. It was at a time in my life where, you know, I think me and you, I wasn't very well at the time and me and you went to that game and that was a highlight of that, that period of time, I've, I I've kind of got a bit of love for him for that, I must admit, so uh, kind of a bit harsh maybe to call him a panic buy, but um, a notable contribution at least. Uh, again, I'm bordering on whether you a panic buy or not, but Kevin Doyle, do you for us? geez yeah. on loan yeah. well, from Reading again I think wasn't it was, was it Reading I, I think it was a loan a transfer, it? no I think Just it was on loan it was a six month loan deal because we sent Glenn Murray out I think uh, we got Doyle in and sent Murray out I think we sold Murray
1: we sold Murray to Bournemouth oh, there you go yeah. see look this is probably nostalgia here thinking through here um, yeah that, that, that sort of era for me felt like a few we kind of bought in and a bit of a not a whim but a bit of a, a, a gamble if you like
0: Danny Butterfield would sort of say Sandor Torgelli. Do you want to go for a coffee with Sandor Torgheli? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he said. Think about those sort of players though, who did. I mean, we're born on biggest flop here, but things like Jose Campana. Yeah. Remember him? Again, a lot of hype about him because he was Massive. under 21, Spain captain, and just didn't adjust to the Premier League in a, in a very short period of time. And I think he was a bit homesick as well. And obviously Holloway went, and uh, I don't think we ever saw him again, did we? Um, I think he went before pretty soon after that actually. Yeah.
1: I think you're right yeah I mean some other other notable shouts people like so he wasn't a panic bite was he a panic bite, I don't know Valor and Ishmael
0: okay maybe a
1: lot of money for him wasn't yeah. it Not Herman Haridison
0: money. yeah
1: but how good was he value for money utility player as well Herman Haridison Stephen Dobby see Stephen Dobby and Kevin Phillips were Two of Holloway signings oh, did a job know, in the championship to to for us. To be fair, yeah, didn't Steve they? Stephen Dobby scored some goals, mate. He scored some wallopers. And then the we
0: team. sent him on loan to to Brighton when we got promoted. Did we? We got promoted. I think we, we signed. was signed permanently. I thought it was a loan. And then no, he's on loan. in the first season, I think, or a wow. short-term wow. deal. And then yeah, we sent him on loan to Brighton. So one of the few Palace players that has crossed that divide on loan, uh, which is interesting, dynamic. But um, well, if you're professional footballer, you actually don't really care. And Glenn Murray sort of epitomised that when he, when he signed for us. That, that Holloway season, I think, well, there were there a couple of defenders? Someone called Moran? Florian Manch. never actually played a Premier League minute, so you can't include him in this, unfortunately. And who was the guy
1: that we signed? Was
0: it Baptiste? Or Gra- no. Who um, uh, was it there? Grandin. That, that Grandin.
1: was in the Holloway. There was That's Grandin. wasn't it? It was a loan. I don't think he ever played. Do you not feel a lot of these players at Holloway Side were kind of just filling numbers on the squad sheet? Because it, because it, because obviously, when you go up like that, you go up so late in the um, in the year in comparison to when the promo teams have already gone up and you know they know they've got their budget set and they've got their strategy set for structure of um, targets and things. It just, it just felt like that year, and maybe why part of Holloway's downfall so quickly was that we just kind of had bums on
0: seats rather than actually what we needed. Yeah, I think I think sort of. It's a difficult balance, isn't it, when you get promoted? Because obviously you need to you need to widen the squad and have a squad depth, but you need to still keep the core of the team whilst adding quality, and that's that's a difficult thing to do. And I think probably more suits a club that has like we've got now a director of football and that because that shows a long-term vision obviously because then the manager you know the, or, sorry the head coach doesn't really matter that much well I say doesn't really matter that much but in that sense that he's, he doesn't really matter that much in terms of transfers you've got a, a a consistency in terms of director of football with someone who brings players in and, and the head coach is there to to uh to match that whereas now I guess the director of football and, and the chairman do what they've got to do and they bring in a head coach that they think that can work well with that group of players, so I guess it's it's also a story of the the journey of Palace and and the journey of football clubs in general in terms of changing that that system dynamic. So I don't don't really answer that one at all, have we? No, not but, at all. But right, hopefully you enjoyed
1: we that have we? But hopefully that was a. Relatively aligned points and discussion points. Right, look, let's take a break now. Let's get another drink. Uh, let's come back with our
0: 11. We're 4 4 2. are we five-five-three-one. 5 5 3 1. Oh, four, three,
1: formation uh, is TV up to two. your choosing. Okay. Yeah, choosing. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's come back for part two uh, with our, you'd say, worst 11 was the ask. Worst Premier League uh, Goodness me. I, do I have to have 11 and I've got 22? Yeah, 24 11. man scores. 11. <laughs> 11. All right, back with you after the break. Keep it six points up. Thanks for listening. So welcome back to part two of the Six Points of Podcast, the special edition of the podcast live from Cork in Ireland for a, uh,
0: are we call this a cult special, bruv? Disappointing special, I think is the best way to do it. Disappointing 11 is the, what we're going for, the three, man. Disappointing Premier League Palace 11. Right, so I think we talked about this before. And
1: we're going to need to do a combined 11 because we are struggling. Well, we're positive people, right? We focus on the positivity that Palace players bring to the to the team and to the club, and even when they might be a bit rubbish, at least they give it 110 percent for the shirt. So, Some of them. well, yeah, that's true. Some of them. <laughs> I think we're focusing tonight on people who maybe are, are 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 less less in that in that group. So go on, then. We've got to come up with eleven. A goalkeeper. I'm, I'm
0: going. By the way, I'm going for a four-four-two combination oh, here. I'll, think, combination. I'll go with that. Yeah, that's fine. So. Goalkeeper was hard to be fair, because obviously you know, I'm thinking about Palace Premier League goalkeepers, Nigel Martin was obviously a stalwart for Crystal Palace in the early, early 1990s, obviously we've had Jules for a while, so I've been trying to think about bit-part goalkeepers as it were. I think it's harsh on Rhys Wilmot, given that he played ham for a handful of games, so I'm going to leave him to a side. It comes down to two for me. Steve Mandanda, although I actually think he was quite decent for Palace in the, in the, in the handful of games that he played, but for me, I can't look behind, look, look past Wayne Hennessy. Um, I just think in terms of Palace Premier League goalkeepers, there's not been a goalkeeper who has inspired a such lack of confidence as Wayne Hennessy since the days of Scott Flinders.
1: Scott Flinders, what a comparison that is. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. Uh, I had him down as first on my list. and There, there actually wasn't that much um, thought needed from me in that respect. Yeah, I think you're right, you know, there were a number of goals that he conceded that were oh, pretty catastrophic Really, he won away at Villa. Yeah. Because if I remember right, remember right, it was early on the game, it was a pretty catastrophic one. Yeah, it dropped it uh, through his legs. Yeah, I just think the minute we conceded, it's like he looked to the back four and said, oh, fuff, you know, yeah. so, yep, I'm with you there. I think, um, unfortunately...
0: Wayne's our number one. Which is a, which is strange, is that when you think about him mad night like in the last couple of weeks, where we've seen him playing for Wales and how we can turn it on for them, it's really odd how it can. I mean, look, football's a confidence game, isn't it? Especially in a the, in the goalkeeper's position. So for him to go from that in terms of Crystal Palace, in terms of a looking like he had zero confidence, or well, his back forward zero in confidence in, in, in terms of going to that, into a a national team perspective in terms of him being like almost the the match winner and this not this for a bit of balance you know there were times where he pulled out fantastic saves for Crystal Ballard and he was a Premier League goalkeeper for a reason but yeah. for me he didn't do that enough and for me harsh mate although it may be Wayne Hennessy is our number one there.
1: I think you say it's in comparison to the likes of Nigel Martin Julian yeah. Speroni um... Uh, obviously more recently Jack Button as well as Vincente Gaeta it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult group right so we've got to pick a back four which I think might we'll struggle with but go on yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's a tough one I, I don't know if I've got a right back have you got a right back to start with can, can I have to hold it to you um, okay, if not I'm just going to go for my defenders as it were David Tuttle was one of them because oh, I the thought yeah, the Premier League yeah so, did I, so in, in, in the promotion season he played quite well for Crystal Palace at centre back I think he was shown up quite hard harshly when he played at centre back for Crystal Palace in the Premier League in the 97-98 season this was before we bought the likes of Valerian Ishmael and Herman Horonis and David Tuttle did play centre back for us wearing a number 27 shirt if you want to check that um, fair play another one that I had perhaps, perhaps he's up there because I had high hopes for him and never really came through was Timothy Foster Minter. I think for him, for a player that I thought had so much promise and probably had he been deployed as a right wing back, we might have seen the best of him, but he was deployed at, almost in that back three with uh, Frank De Boer. And then I think under Roy Hudson, he played once in that position as well and was shown up quite badly. So he's in there for me in terms of centre backs. What did you have?
1: This is difficult, isn't it? It's really, really hard. I was thinking about Gabadon and, and how, really? like, yeah, well, for the perspective in the Championship scene, the pro season, he was so, so on it. But then so in the, the Premier League. To, okay, oh, yeah. yeah, the Premier League. I remember a couple of times in Ghana being left behind a little bit. But yeah, that has been really harsh because he was a top notch defender. And, and one of the reasons we were so solid about to get up. So that's, that's very harsh. I was struggling with defenders. I mean, I can't have Jack, can I? Because he never played for us. Jack Hunt In the Premier League No sorry uh, Jarrah, P- J- Jarrah Jack
0: Oh Jarrah Sly Jack No never played never a the Premier League Minute as far as I know One thing I will Throw in there Zeki Friars A left oh, back That's a
1: good shout That's a fair But
0: buy. With the caveat That away at Sunderland He did deliver That fantastic ball For Connor Wickham Was it, no, it Was it, was it was that was was.
1: James was. MacArthur Yeah the latter yeah. Sure yeah, uh, yeah,
0: for a fantastic yeah. header, um, but apart from that, I think he came with a big price tag given that he came from Tottenham, Yeah, um, million, it? something like that, but then never never really fulfilled his potential there, so like oh, we I, say, defenders I, is a hard one to pick.
1: Well, I actually think defenders? in defenders, uh, we've actually had the opposite in terms of players who shouldn't have been as good as they were, yeah. so I mentioned Gavadon, uh, Damon Delaney, George, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A great shout Paddy McCarthy, Hangeland, Mariappa. You know, some of the players been in, those, in those sort of more recent Premier League seasons. As well as historical as well. I mean, you mentioned David Tuttle, but you think about the types of defenders he was playing with. Lee Henderson. Yeah, who was absolute stalwart for us. You know, Andy Linnigan, Edworthy, yeah. Dean Gordon, so really difficult group there. So, into the midfield. Uh, I had Jerome Thomas.
0: Yes. If, if, <laughs> nothing, if nothing else for outrageous chip he tried against Everton in the last minute we were drawing 0-0 when he tried to chip whoever was in the Everton goal it was probably Tim Howard at the time when he should have put his laces through it I, I don't think I've ever forgiven him for that there was an opportunity there for Paddy to win the game when in, a, in a period of time where Tony Peterson chance charge, where we really needed the points I was very angry and still are very angry about Joe Thomas about that I think, I think he also came on against Swansea away and
1: I was there with our good friend MC Mackie D. I think I'm Tom. And he, um, I think he dived when he could have easily shot and you know won the game for us. So yeah,
0: not not one for me. Also, chart on alliances, right? Yeah, exactly. Who's Jordan Much yeah. has got to be in there in terms of Palace paying a lot of money. I think what two, three million pounds for him. No, it was more than like eight million, I think. Really? really? Yeah, it was a lot of money for him. Yeah. I know he performed quite well for QPR, but then yeah, it just never did any good for Palace and then I think he ended up playing in China I think you maybe now definitely went to America went to the MLS yeah but he has got a banger I think at MLS as well didn't he but yeah never really did have another one perhaps a little bit controversial Chung Yong Lee oh go cool. on well obviously very fondly remember from that last minute banger at Stoke away but also remember for the long re- wrong reasons Burnley away the uh, the game which sealed Frank De Boer's fate in that back pass against Wayne Hennessy that the really stood no chance but again another player which I always felt was a little bit lightweight never really offered too much um, probably would have benefited from a team that had you know people doing a lot of heavy work for him to do the light work and the fancy work but yeah never really showed too much for him for me if I'm honest what else you got there in midfield? Max Meyer
1: yes massive big disappointment
0: hype, massive hype huge
1: hype and there was a lot of critique over Hodgson not giving him a chance he had a go he had a go I, I, there were glimpses of him being really good right glimpses of him on the ball being a
0: magician but that was 10 percent of the time so it's interesting because when he signed there was like you say there was a huge hype around him In this to the extent that if you bought a Palace shirt you got a free Max Meyer printing on the back of it uh, I feel sorry for the people that did that, um, but yeah, it's interesting in terms of someone of his stature because he wasn't a big bloke. You know, he was probably about five foot seven, five foot eight, very slight in build. Undoubtedly technically gifted, and someone who probably, if you put him in a five-a-side team, would do very well. But in in a, a Premier League physical game, yeah. he got bullied too much. He had some nice link up play with Wilf I remember on a few occasions which was probably what people were sort of alluding to when they wanted him to play more but I don't think he would really cut it and in that sense can I really, can I chuck in Victor Camarasa there because yeah. another player that also was I don't know hounded for by by Palace some, some sections of the Palace fan base but when we saw him in the limited sections we did see him didn't perform and from what we understand as well did not perform in training, which is probably the most important thing. So he was late, I think, for training on a lot of occasions and also when he d- he didn't like training as well. So if you're not, if you're not doing a lot of training, you're not going to get a chance on the pitch. And from when I, when I saw him on the pitch, didn't really do much. Can I also chuck in Jose Campagna? Thoughts of him? We mentioned him earlier, didn't we? Sorry? I think we mentioned him earlier, didn't we? We did. I think we did.
1: you're right. Did these players who... Um we kind of come with that, you know, we ex- it, well I guess, is it, is it fair on them or not because there's this badge, right, of expectation that comes with it and it's probably not fair to them because they're just, just blokes like every one of us who, you know, wants to play football, wants to do well and, and, and hope.
0: I think you're right there, bro. I think it's, 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 there's something around, obviously, that the club made a lot of hype about Max Mayer. It wasn't down to him himself, so then fans therefore get excited about him and, and that's happened with a few other players in the past as well, so it's... Yeah, it's not necessarily their fault, but you know, unfortunately, they didn't do what they need to do on the pitch, which to make an impact. So that sort of compounds, it, I guess. But there we go.
1: Right, any other midfielders in the mix?
0: No, I think that's all. All, all you like, you've mentioned all the ones. Go on in, up front. Right. The only two I could think of. I mean, oh, you are. Well, I five th- three. But okay. go on, go on, go on. Show that, Mainly because I loved watching him as a fan at Newcastle. I thought he was a powerhouse. Obviously, he was a local lad at Newcastle, so got a lot of local love. But there might be the argument he didn't get a lot of time at Palace under Pardew. But for me, he really didn't show enough. The other one was Jonathan Benteke. I mean, obviously, you know, coming as Christian's brother, you, I guess, unjustly think that he should have the same sort of talent. But he, he was just wasn't statually or, or, or physically built the same as his brother, so. Who was your third? Senktosin. <laughs> toson
1: Mate. I was so excited we saw him here. A big powerhouse, strong centre forward, yeah, get the ball up to hold it up, bring others into play, just what we need. Then he get injured in the second game, I think. He scored, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he scored. Didn't he created. score at
0: Man City away, I want to say, I think, that in one of those games? And I think that he scored in that game, but then, yeah, I think he got injured also in that game, but never really showed much else. And Palace played his substantial wages for the rest of the time for, his, for the rest of his loan period. And um, here I go. And uh, <laughs> all right, the Robin and coke's kicking in here now. I all right, listeners. <laughs> I'm sure you're enjoying this, but we're battling with uh, some bloke with a power tour at the, at the bar as well, in some place in court. This is... It's outrageous. Oh God. But, no, I, don't, I keep that bit in it's fine. Um, but yeah, for me... Was there any others that, that spring to mind, bro? Because I mean, Palace have had a lot of strikers who have promised a lot. I'm thinking like Frank Sonogo as well, came in on loan from Arsenal in that Pardue area. Who's I mentioned in earlier as well. You did, but I think he had one... Kevin Doyle promising, promising um, appearance against Southampton away in the FA Cup but apart from that never really showed much Is oh, a bit of a controversial one for you I mean, Connor Wickham I love Connor I was a big fan of Connor like look he was very unlucky but I think that I was gutted when Glenn Murray left when we signed Connor because Connor I think when in one of his first interviews as a Palace player talked about how much he enjoyed working with Glenn, how much you could learn off him as a player. So for me, I was gutted that he lost that. But, you know, look, he was very obviously very unlucky with injuries. But when he did have a run in, in the team, I think that, that, that period when he just signed, and maybe that September to October period, I remember obviously that banger at West Brom away. And he scored obviously at Sunderland away as well. And there was a period of games we went through where he, he hit a bit of form. When he was played in the team regularly, when he kept fit. He scored goals for Palace, important goals as well. Let's not forget the FA Cup semi-final goal. And look, as a player as well, if you was used to look at him physically, like he was probably about six foot three when he was. He was broad. Six foot three wide, yeah. He was. If you could build a centre forward, you would build him. He had a good turn of pace. I was a big fan of Connor. Obviously, very unlucky with injuries. Uh, never really got that run the team deserved, but. I don't know if I could include him in that, dispo- in that in that worst Palace eleven because he did have so many good moments for Palace. Not not only that cult sort of goal in the FA Cup semi-final. So I'm going to overall you, Matthew, for that one.
1: I meant, I meant to be controversial there. Patrick Bamford, JC's favourite.
0: Again, another player didn't really happen for Palace, but it's strange, isn't it? Because you look for him, we, we talked about him when he played for Leeds, I think we mentioned it in the pod a few seasons ago, a couple of seasons ago. I mean, admittedly, he's, that was a few seasons past his loan period, but so he'd grown in stature, and he was a real handful for, for sort of Leeds United against Palace, but he was very lightweight, wasn't he? Never really caused any problems, even for the Shrewsbury Town defence in that League Cup game that Jonathan Codson hated him for. Um, Jonathan big, big up, Jonathan Collison. By the way, big up, JC. I know you're big listening. Jonathan Collison, JC, big JC, the big JC, the big JC. J- J- he's loving it. He's listening. He's loving it. Having a few beers. I know you're listening, JC. Big up to you. Big love to you. About, about Jonathan Collison. Jonathan Collison. It's a very formal way of saying JC, but I know he's listening. Um, yeah, for me, never really turned up. He was one of that stringer Chelsea low knees that Palace had. And whilst I say that, you know, it's popped up my mind. Like Remy, oh, memories of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, it was injured, wasn't he? Oh. D- 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 memories.
1: No, do you know what? I'm not going to lie right. a lot of the. My memory of a lot of these players is one, two games in, coming on as a sub, being really good at the feet, being really quick, being really agile, doing a good job, and then fading. Oh, what are you? either fading away or getting injured.
0: Um, and I, I, I guess that it- contributes to them being in the most disappointing yeah, Palace ever. Yeah, and, I, I, palace
1: so. and I think it's disappointing because. Those players at the back, you know, we talked about, it's difficult because most of them do give it a hard go, do give it a slog, and we respect them for that. I think some of the attackers we're talking about, they maybe are less involved in the game and less uh, forthright in their contributions, and therefore, you know, they're going to be the uh, the less respected, I suppose, in that respect.
0: I guess that's probably a victim to the 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 system that Palace played during that period of being a newly promoted Premier League team in that sort of period as well it's interesting though bruv we haven't really mentioned many players from the 92-93 season 94-95 season have we I mean how many from that period will reach your disappointing 11 Ian Cox maybe he was in there it's a difficult thing I've I've
1: got really positive memories of that era and I guess maybe I wasn't going regularly enough to
0: make a sort of a valid assessment Darren Pitcher I know but look, he, he scored that banger against Wolves in the FA Cup but apart from that I remember him being quite an underwhelming player for Palace well there's people like him and Andy
1: Priest who I not and Andy Priest? well apparently he was signed because he was Chris Armstrong's mate you know he scored a, he scored a few goals for Palace in the Bri- Premier League Brian Launders who kind of came for the youth team yeah, and didn't really didn't, didn't really make it um, there's a few people in there but I think given our sort of re- more, or more recent supporting of, of Palace I think we can make more of a a valid assessment on them but look we've got we got an interesting 11 plus there yeah. to, to take us forward into a game we never hoped to see <laughs> but it takes us probably nicely on to part 3 of the pod uh, when we're going to um, well we're going to reflect on a more positive note I think talk about some of the Palace players that we were really really encouraged by the club signing um, and, and best value for money as well as well as bro, if you're going to like this one the most random player which will be a really, really interesting one because uh, no idea a bit of a, a, a signing from nowhere will be uh, an interesting discussion point. But anyway, keep it six pointer at six pointer podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. And until then, up the palace. Welcome back to part three of the six pointer podcast, live from Cork, Ireland. Um, this is a, uh, a cult classic pod um, for the uh, for the more uh, refined
0: discerning <laughs> Crystal <Christophan>, Palace I think.
1: <laughs> for those who are bored in the close season and need something to listen to, so look, we're going to cover three areas in this third and final part of the pod: uh, value for money, the best value for money from a Palace signing. Uh, I've called this the most random. I can't remember what the. Uh, the person who messaged us called this, but the most random sort of sign-in uh, or player bought in, and the player or sign that you're most excited by. So, Luke, value for money, not Joel Ward because he wins hands down. Was it four hundred grand or whatever it was? He wins hands down. So not Joel Ward, best value for money.
0: Well, given that we're talking about Premier League era, I think Premier League era. I think Joe Ward. Area. I think Joel Ward would be excluded from that because he was signing in the Championship. So. There's a couple here that's been to mind. One which is a bit of a left field one, given that obviously he was a Crystal Palace player, but then re-signed was Wilfried Zaha. I mean, Palace's best ever player, Premier League or not. The fact that we got him back, what, sold him for 10 million, got him back for about, I know, rumours about sort of 4 million with add-ons. You know, given his contribution to the club, what he delivers to the club, number of goals, over, over how many goals, pre many goals he's scored for? 50 pre many goals, I think he scored for the club now. I think that, you know, he's up there. But for me, given that he was sold and taken away, in terms of players that Palace have bought as a standalone, James McArthur. I, I can't look behind him. I mean, what is it? Seven, rumored to be 4 to £7 million, pound, I think, from Wigan. The work crate, the uh, the effort off the ball, the fact that he is a vocal member of the squad in terms of even when he was off the pitch as well. I mean look, that's uh, a future Crystal Palace manager if I've ever seen one in terms of like the way he conducts himself. I don't know if you're in the others, bruv, but James McArthur for me if I'm honest. Uh, he's my number one. I cannot look
1: past him. For the work rate, for the ethic, for the drive he has behind him, and
0: he's a true—he's
1: a legend. He's Technical players. ability
0: as well. This 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 not yeah. the past him. Yeah. The, well, the way he he can can conduct himself on the pitch is, is second to none. Mate, I've
1: seen him do Maradona moonwalks. Yeah. So I'm there yeah. with with the best, right? Yeah, technically he's fantastic, but I think it's the drive and determination he has behind the ball, behind bringing the team up the pitch. And, and the blood, sweat and tears he puts into it never, ever, ever fails I've never seen a bad James McLaughlin performance never, ever um, also, memorable shouts I think to go guy Geoffrey Schlupp yep. for who was bought as a bit of a utility player a bit of a left back at the same time as PVA is he a left midfielder, is he centre midfielder is he a striker a mm. utility man he's played, every- <laughs> he's played everywhere but he is he's one of the first names on the team sheet and I think manager after manager they picked him
0: He's an adjustable
1: spanner. Well, and, and he's everything in your toolbox, isn't he? And I think it shows by the fact that Allardyce signed him and, and all the way through to Hodgson and even to Vieira today. Um, he's been played and picked consistently. So, Jeffrey, Sharp. I also think... Go on, sorry.
0: I was going to say, I think he's also a victim of that as well. The fact that he is such a utility man. He gets overlooked by so many fans in terms of his contributions that many fans would not pick him in a starting start eleven because he can play so many different positions that he can fit in left back, he can fit in in midfield he's one of the few players that Palace have that can carry the ball, sort of 10 to 15 yards and get you that further up the pitch which is so important in today's Premier League game in terms of taking that further up the pitch and also winning your fouls so I mean look, that's a hugely underrated quality and one that I think gets overlooked by a lot of Palace, Palace fans and the one that when he does leave or does retire will be sorely missed Another
1: one to add to the repertoire, Scott Dan. Yeah. If you think about what we signed him for and what he's brought to the club, um, many, many memorable years of so captain. Solid, 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 solid transition into a regular Palace Premier League team. And yes, captain of the team as well. So, kind of past him. Just to challenge a J- Jimmy Mack a little bit, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is one over on it, but Speroni was the Premier League signing. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at value for money in terms of the games he's played and the contribution and the player of the seasons, and has Jim Mack ever won play of the season? And if not, that's a crime.
0: I don't know, but look, no, yes is it? The Jules, I think that, yeah, look, I think his journey is, is something to be noted by all Palace fans and so no Palace fan will be lost on. I think that, you know, obviously having that nightmare star, a lot of fans chastised him for that goal. Sportsman away, where he sort of pushed it into his own net, and then obviously the Kevin Campbell thing up. Everton at home, and that has got to be the greatest Palace comeback of all time, is not it? Right. Um, from from zero to a hero and then some, zero to a hero into legend. Um, I mean, look, if, if Palace were to build a statue of a player outside Selhurst Park, I mean, there will be. Julian Sprony, Sbroni, Zahar, and maybe one or two others that'll be up there.
1: I don't, I don't think they'll ever do that, by the way. I do nothing they do it all, all the time. That Parrish and that I don't, I don't think they'll do that. But other big shouts. Um, well, in terms of what we, what we, we paid for him, but we sold him for Yannick Balassi. Yep. We paid like eight hundred grand for him, four hundred grand for him from Bristol City,
0: and then it's selling for twenty-seven million pounds. An interesting player because on his day could look like a world beater, but also in oh, the next week. Him and Wilf, though, mate. But then, then, then also, the next week could look like a Sunday league player. Yeah. Like, the ball couldn't stick to him for Toffy, so it was an interesting dynamic with him and Wilf. But obviously, he hit that purple patch, didn't he? Under Pardew and got given the number 10 shirt. And then, uh, yeah, Palace cashed him in the right time, let's, let's say that.
1: Well, also injury as well got
0: him in a big time.
1: But I think that's another another big shot goes to him. So, yeah, some really good options there for value for money. And Palace have done it's a very true business. I still think, despite Jimmy, Jimmy Matt being a great show, I still think Joe Ward wins that wins that competition. But there you go. Like the most random player, the, the player you were kind of most surprised by or you know, a bit of a left field signing?
0: I, I didn't have any for this, if I'm honest, bro. so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to you for this because I'm not sure I had too many players for random signing. Maybe because random signing was a bit of a, a broad term. Um, Thomas Brolin. Okay. Discuss. Obviously, a player that had a lot of promise in his, young, in his, his years before joining Palace. Obviously, you know, coming from Palmer to Leeds, had that exceptional European Championships in 1992. But look, we signed him in 1998, so that was six years past that, and uh, perhaps was a little bit overweight and a little bit past his best but still had that technical ability and we saw that in flashes at Sellers didn't we in terms of Rowling's ability
1: yeah I, 100% I, and a, and a bit of a random sort of debut at Leeds at home where he got cut on the head yep. was banished up and ended up running around um, banished up banished flying off his head and all that was sorts it, he got of,
0: hit, hit in the head didn't he and the Leeds fans enjoyed that one
1: bit of a sort of a Colt Palace game that one really was in terms of um look at my history
0: um, Nigel Martin playing, playing the Cell Park I think for the first time as well did he play in that game well, he? no he did but also sorry there was a league cup game in the season before that he did play in as well which was a weird situation See Nigel Martin in another club's colours playing against his side Palace so I, yeah, I didn't enjoy that I did not enjoy it at all do you know one
1: that I was quite surprised by at the time but I understand the logic and looking back on it I understand it completely is Kevin Phillips I was completely was completely. Kevin Phillips. I was completely blindsided by that one. I mean, looking back, and of course he would have signed for Holloway, you know, and uh, was more close to his family, and you know, worked for him sort of uh, in a broader range of things. But that was that was one that was quite for me random, and stuff. I didn't never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. But one we can say in Palace's history. That's a very important one.
0: Well, what an important sign of it. Obviously, not only for that goal in the playoff final, but also for that hat-trick he scored against Hull City, yeah, I think. Yeah. He's got also a couple of, gu- couple of free kicks as well for Palace as He's well. He's got a
1: couple of breaks, in he,
0: coming on. Uh, I can't remember who it was at Oops. home. Oops. It might have been, yeah. But, yeah, no, um, a very important Palace player in terms of Palace history, that's for sure.
1: Good, right. It's pretty much random. Okay, what about we announce the signing? or we were rumoured to be signing someone and we did sign them and you were very excited who was
0: that? someone who's come up before but when we just got promoted in 2013 Marlon Schermack now I appreciate he was the butt of many people's jokes when he was at Arsenal but you only had to watch him in the first sort of few games that he played for Crystal Palace he was a class above and and was and almost, almost alluding to another one almost reminded me a little bit of the Attilio Lombardas in terms of his body shape the way that he opens himself up for the ball when he received the ball his, 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 his touch his ability his vision I think his ability to see other players which probably went against him at times because there weren't other players on his wavelength as well so he was trying to thread balls through to players who weren't, weren't on his wavelength but for me Marion Shirak was, was outstanding for me and that, that was one that I, when I saw him he was outstanding and, and one that I, I was really excited about
1: I probably got a really boring one but one that I'll be honest with, was really, really exciting, was Patrick van Arnold. Yeah, yeah, When I saw Palace play Sunderland, he was the one player that I'd ever seen that control Zaha, that had him in his back pocket at that point in time.
0: Pace, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, he was quick, he was skillful, and also he got them forward, got them up the pitch. And I was amazed when we signed him, and I was so excited by that one. So that was a big, big, big one for me. Uh, in that era, also Loftus cheek. Yeah. I was very excited. He came with a sort of a young up-and-coming player tag. Someone who could really um, get on the ball and, and add a skill to him as well.
0: Controversial opinion on you, Rubus, perhaps. I, I think that in his first three to four months as a past player, I actually wasn't that impressed with him. I think that he was That's a great. bit behind the sort of the pace. He wasn't quite ready for League football. But then obviously he had that injury, didn't he? But then when he came back from injury in that second half of the season. He was untouchable, he was absolutely superb but I think he was a bit of a slow burn in that situation because I, I, I remember always, almost being a little bit un- underwhelmed by him when he first joined.
1: Well, that's fair to say, yeah. I think a lot of, um, well often loan signings take a little bit of time to get going don't they and Ruben was definitely in that, in that, in that space and actually thinking about more recently with someone who's come back more, more sort of tougher and stronger from an injury which Loftusik had, um, one of our own players right and um, think, thinking about how much more matured uh, into the game um, Eze's been yeah. um, so there is something about that and it's, I think it was kind quite amazing was that, wasn't it an RLC I think it might have been um, it, was an, it was an Achilles
0: oh, was it? It? Okay. I think it was but also there's the whole context of him not playing in front of a Premier League crowd before obviously he'd be playing so there was, there was that sort of added element to it as well which is interesting
1: a big one for you from a few
0: years back or well, well,
1: many years back uh, Nicola Ventola
0: well also a man that was hounded by injuries and someone that, yeah I was excited when he signed for Palace obviously convened to Milan with Gonzalo Sorondo um, someone who I felt would, would make a real difference to Palace's season obviously got injured very early on but, you know, look, he made the impact when he came back in that game against Southampton, scoring that goal. And, you know, that that, that embrace with John Harbin is something that we won't ever forget, I think, as, as Palace fans. But, um, yeah, there's always the what could have been if he'd been fit for the whole
1: season. What about Padavano when he's in sort of 97 or so? What was your recollection? You, you were 10
0: then, so I'm not going to ask you too much there, but respect too much there, rather. He, he was signed because he was Lombarder's mate, wasn't he? That that was my that recollection. Was? Like, that was my recollection. He was signed because he was Lombarder's mate. I don't ever think there was anything too much more into that, but I was never too overawed of him. And he ended up to prison for cocaine charges. back a it. I think he ended up doing some time for that. So um, whether he was into that at Palace, so who knows? But uh, you know, Chris Armstrong might have one word with him. Yeah, um, I guess
1: you were Jimmy Mack as well. Though. I was. Oh, probably a bit sad, but he's very sad when he signed because I saw how hard he worked for Wigan and how much of a role he had in their FA Cup winning team. And I think he was someone I was. You, know, you look at these players and you think, I like him to play for my club. He was one of those people who, who got it, his ethic work rate. A little bit of a left field one is Cecca Because the value for money in the modern game, if it's £10 million what Pally's paid for him, if that's true, and what he's given to us on the pitch has been
0: absolutely outstanding as a utility player as well which you never expected that's true he's dropped, obviously dropped back into the centre back as well as that defensive midfield and midfield stalwart as well position I think that um, he, <laughs> he, uh, he um, yeah he yeah he's certainly fulfilled that £10, million <laughs> that £10 million price tag and as, as there was a lot to be said in terms of West Ham fans when they let him go um, what they had to say about him um, he contributed a lot, of, a lot of goals in West Ham's Premier League season as well I don't think we necessarily saw that from him in the Palace shirt but it was more his off-the-ball work and his determination that we were quite impressed by was in the Palace shirt so if he does leave in the summer which look quite likely um, as, it, as it appears now then I think it goes to everyone's well wishes and you know, £10 million well spent
1: One very last one and a more recent one Based on what the understand, we paid for him, and the first season he's had, and what he's achieved with Palace and Broader,
0: Mark Gay. Oh. Well, look, obviously early days of Mark Gay, but what, what can we can we call him in England?
1: Stalwart now in the sense that he's not an England stalwart, but he's definitely up there in terms of being an option, isn't he? Well, he's
0: played the last sort. of He played the league he? he played in that game that we don't want to mention, the 4-0 defeat against Hungary, um, but has played the last sort of five or six games of been involved in the squad at least anyway, and I think he's in a very good shout at being involved in the World Cup squad. Look, it remains to be seen if he's going to be value for money, because obviously he's only had one season, but he looks like a Rolls Royce of a player, and I'm sure that podcast listeners, fans... Six Point Podcast. Six Point Podcast on Instagram and Twitter will be sick of hearing us calling him a Rolls Royce of a centre back because he looks outstanding. And look, if he has anything close to the season he's just had with us next season, I mean, he would have repaid that 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 money and then summoned. I worry how much longer we're gonna we're gonna hold on to him. But it's not, not worry about. Let's be positive, you know. A man that within nine months has become Crystal Palace captain. Has, has obviously commanded a lot of respect from his squad as well. Being voted Player's Player of the Year. Let's hope he, play, he plays and stays in the squad for many few seasons to come. Right, good stuff. That has been a really
1: positive end to the pod. Um, I hope this have enjoyed it. Thank you very much again for all your contributions and suggestions of things to to cover and talk about today. It's been a really interesting dialogue and I've, I've really enjoyed uh, touring the uh, establishments of Cork and discussing um, these various points of your Luke. Um As always, everyone at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, please do keep your message coming. Thank you very much for all of the messages you do give us. Um, we really do appreciate it and uh, it means a lot to us. So, so big, a big, big big thank you. Big up. Right. Get to end there. On that positive note, Um, Keep it Six Pointer, keep Palace and as always, up up the the palace.
0: Palace The Six Pointer Podcast